Morning, everyone. You have it tuned in to AM 1080 KSCO Santa Cruz. It's Saturday, October 12th, 2013. I'm Dave Michaels with your traffic and weather. That earlier traffic on the northbound side of Highway 1 has been cleared and traffic is moving through there at the limit. No problems around your major roadways locally. Highway 1, Highway 17, 85, 101. All those roadways looking good right now. Your weather forecast for today is for partly sunny conditions throughout the uh, afternoon. Highs should be around 68 degrees. Tonight should be mostly clear with lows around 43 degrees. And tomorrow will look pretty much like today. Sunny by the late afternoon with highs around 70 degrees. Your boaters forecast for this morning. South winds 5 knots becoming west 5 to 15 knots in the afternoon. Wind waves uh, 1 to 3 feet along with mixed swells northwest 2 to 4 feet at 9 seconds. And south 3 feet at 17 seconds along with patchy fog throughout the morning. Coming up next on KSCO and KOMY, it is the Saturday special with your host, MZ. And the Saturday special, by the way, is being brought to you by the California Grill of Pajaro Valley. MZ, did you know that when you go there, you can rest assured that you will get the finest locally grown produce, meats, and desserts? Did you know that? Hold on. I got to dial you in here. Uh, yeah, the California Grill brings, is a proud sponsor of the Saturday special with your host, MZ. Uh, it is currently 10.07 outside KSCO Studios. MZ is about to take to the airwaves with the Saturday special. You've got to tune in to AM 1080 KSCO Santa Cruz and AM 1340 KOMY Watsonville. There we go, MZ. Let's do it. Okay. Of course I know. I mean, I've been preaching that for years. That the California Grill is well, a wonderful restaurant. I just dug up the website right now because you know I was interested. I heard you mention last last week that the California Grill is is one of the uh, the major sponsors of the Saturday Special. It's so the I only sponsor. Nobody else wants to sponsor the Saturday Special. Well, that, that's, Why that's, is that? It that's makes ridiculous. no sense at all. I got a call from Ethan Behrman saying that he heard us all the way down to Paso Robles. You know, we can be heard out in Gustine. Uh huh. We're heard everywhere. I, I'm everywhere. wondering what the reason is that nobody else wants to sponsor the Saturday Special. Could it be because nobody else has been asked? Um, maybe we'll have to work on that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. God, anyhow. Dave, it's so nice to see your smiling face and, hey. and baby in the room. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah she's uh-huh. coloring or something. I don't know what This is doing. cool. Great. Hey, well, nice to see you here. And uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to perform a public service. All right. Today. Yeah, I mean, we, we love to do that here at your favorite radio station. And um, I think people who listen to this program are going to be astounded and um, irritated. Uh, but we're going to try to fix something here that needs to be fixed. Uh, so w- let's start the program officially, and uh, we will be on the air right up until noontime. Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning, may we bring you cheer. We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes and temperatures. Get up and go, it's today you know on KSCO Radio. Good morning, KSCO Land. MZ is here in the studio at 2300 Portola Drive, welcoming you to hour number one of the Saturday special. For today, October 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2013. Uh, as I said, we're going to be on the air right up until noontime. We invite your participation. You can call us and go on the air at 479-1080. That's in Area 831. So do stay with us. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. 
Once upon a time, there was an area in Live Oak in Santa Cruz that was empty and arid and in need of company and water. And so it was that the family Simpkins raised money, lots of it, to make Live Oak a better place for its residents so they could swim. The pool that is known as Simpkins welcomes everyone, but not all the time, and it doesn't make money. Bill Simpkins wants to change that and make it a better utilized pool with more hours for the staff and more classes for the public. Would anyone oppose it? Maybe a wall in sheep's clothing. Join us this Saturday on the Saturday special with MZ and Bill Simpkins to discuss this important community issue. Supervisor John Leopold refuses to sit in with Mr. Simpkins anywhere, anytime. So we'll have the conversation without him. Join us this Saturday on the Saturday special with MZ and Bill Simpkins from 10 a.m. to noon on your Drowning in the Sea of Controversy radio station AM 1080 KSCO. All right, promos are designed to get people to tune into a radio program. I think that was a nicely produced promo. Thank you, Rosie. Uh, but what she said in the promo really bothered me. Now, before we get into this, I, I, I want to introduce my mom, Kay, who's here. Uh, Ma, hey, welcome back to uh, to the radio here. You're going to be down here uh, signing signing books and 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 doing things and yes, commiserating with the with the with the people here. Yes. To anybody who wants to come down to 2300 Portola Drive between now and 12 noon. And we're giving away books and hats to people who buy Healthy Start Packs. Otherwise, the books and, and hats are, are not very expensive. They're like $10.80 for a, for a hat and, and, um, and uh, $15 for a book. Donations. And uh, you will personally inscribe any book that is um, right, and everything goes back into the radio station. One hundred percent of it. One yeah. hundred. So, if you like this radio station, folks, we've adopted a a, a PBS uh, NPR type business model. If you like what you hear, you know, uh, and and want to and want to help us continue, come on down and, uh, and and support, and of course, support our advertisers. Of course, support our advertisers and come on down and uh, get a bumper sticker, um, uh, get a book, uh, get a hat, mm-hmm. get a healthy we start pack. Chat. And, and you could chat, chat with my mama Kay here. Um, so that's that's that takes care of that for right now. But, Ma, did you hear that promo uh, where Rosie said that the, the supervisor of this district, John Leopold, refuses to be... In the same room, what did you do to? What did you ever do to him, Bill Simpkins? I mean, he 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 must hate your guts. Why? No, I don't know. I I feel like I'm standing here with a corsage and no date. <laughs> well, there's got to be some some story, some background story here. First of all, you're part of the Simpkins family. I think it's your dad, uh, Alan Simpkins. Yes. Okay. And you, you're very philanthropic. So you're not going to say this. I'm going to say it. You're a wonderful, wonderful Santa Cruz family who has had, you know, good, good fortune in business. And you put a lot of, lot of it back into the community. We think you're absolutely great. And very kind. Yeah. And, and you know how to do things right. And I, I guess what, what happened is that, um, you know, through your efforts, we have the, the Live Oak Recreational, uh, swimming pool. Um, that has that was opened when 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 was it? It was opened in in 1998. 
but it was really three years before that my wife Bridget spent these three years raising money, talking to the Board of Supervisors, and and changing it from a 25-yard to a 50-meter pool. This is what she did for three long years. And if it wasn't for Bridget, that would be a 25-yard pool today. Wow. And I also, um, Edie Rittenhouse worked with her on that, and they, they were a dynamic duo. That's fantastic. How long did and you say it took, took two it or took, three years? Or? It took three years. Uh-huh. What had happened, it originally was going to be a 50-meter pool. Uh-huh. Oh. And what had happened is that they made changes, and, and then it was announced at the final, right at the end, they announced that they changed it from a 50-meter pool. Who, why, this why, is who, the, who were they and why did they do that? This is a redevelopment agency that okay. was in charge of it. And what they did is that they changed it from a 50-meter to a 25-yard pool. My wife stood up and said, no, you're not. You're going to keep a 50-meter pool. And then they said, well, we're going to need $30,000 for to change arch- architectural design. And uh, she came back two weeks later with a check for $30,000, and then they knew they had who they were up against. Uh-huh. So tell us about this redevelopment agency. That's gone away, right? That's correct. Okay. Well, t- tell us about it. I mean, that's uh, on, on the surface, a redevelopment agency is a wonderful thing, right? I mean, we have sidewalks here in front of the radio station because of the redevelopment agency. Right. And the redevelopment agency was the um, primary mover on having the pool built, but not in the, the management of the pool. Uh-huh. So the redevelopment agency decided that it would be great to have a municipal pool in the Live Oak area. Well, the... the this began even before that, probably 15 years before that, that the neighborhood and the community had talked about a 50-meter pool. And this is, everybody thought it was a done deal right to that last meeting, that it was going to be a 50-meter pool. But it was a probably 15 years before it uh, actually started the, the building process. Wow. Okay. So So somehow it got changed. Then, and, and the reason it got changed is... <laughs> is because it, it costs more to develop and obviously more to operate a 50-meter pool than a, than a 25. It, you know, I don't know the, the reasons exactly for going from the 50 to the 25-yard pool. But, uh-huh. um, but it's a 50-meter pool now, and, that's, and it's a wonderful, wonderful facility. Right. And, it op- and uh, so it's been open for quite a number of years now, and the community loves it. They love it. Yeah. So what is the problem? Well, the the reason I think I'm here today uh, was a was a um, I wrote a letter to the editor to the Sentinel. It was there was a, an article by Jason Hoppen, and he had written how there was some money being taken away from the county parks and about two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And what they were going to do is they were going to go to the citizens and raise money for the to replace this two hundred thousand dollars. Well, I wrote a letter to the editor stating that this is really a pretty easy solution, that if they manage the swim pool properly, there's $300,000 there they could use to replace this 200000 and they would not have to raise taxes. Uh-huh. And I think this is what ended up resulting me being here today. Okay. So it's a great idea. I mean, if you no, tell us how and why you think you can do this. Well, and, and this actually started even when my wife was raising the money and that during this time that they were talking about a 50-meter pool and she kept bringing up, well, wait a minute. How is it going to be operated? How is it going to be operated? And I think her, she feels her biggest failure 
was not getting to get them to tie down on this. And they said, don't worry about it. Just raise the money. And so what happened is it was taken over by the county. But the, the reason I'm here today is that the pool is a is a wonderful complex. It's a, a, a center for people. I go there four or five times a week. And the people in that pool are exercising. They are taking care of themselves and exercising. And what has happened is that the pool now is closed 49 days a year. And it is costing, I think this next year, it's about $350,000, $380,000 that it's costing the county. I went to the county. Oh, I've gone to them for 15 years about changing um, ideas and how to run it. And one of the ideas is to contract it out or to look at contracting. I went to uh, Menlo Park. I talked to the people that run the pool there. In fact, a gentleman, Chris, is going to be on the second hour that is the manager of that. Oh, good. And the what I would like to see with the the why I'm here today is to educate the the population out there that we should take a look at how we are going to manage that pool, a better way of doing it. I think it'd be better to have that pool closed, like in Menlo Park is closed only five days a year instead of 49 and it should and in menlo park it does not cost the city anything to have it run it is run on a neutral basis okay and i think that could be done here so you presented that idea that notion uh to the to the county of santa cruz or or tried or what what's the situation well i've i've done this over several years of trying to get them to look at this and actually to go out and and have the off people to come in and offer to Look at alternatives. How do you do that, or how have you attempted to do that? Well, I've worked with the um, Parks and Rec Department. I've gone to the supervisors, and this is where Mr. Leopold and I have difference of opinions. He uh-huh. wants to keep it to be run by the county, and I would like to look at alternatives. Uh huh. And just because you have a difference of opinion, he just doesn't like you, or won't oh, be in I the same room with you. I, I mean, that's what Rosie said, and. She was astounded. She was flabbergasted. I, when this program was set up weeks ago, uh, it was understood that he would be here with you. Then apparently something happened and, and he, he, he couldn't make it or, or, or something, wanted to reschedule. And Rosie said, well, you know, <laughs> it's already scheduled. It's been scheduled for, for some time here. Uh, and somehow during that conversation, it came out that... He was not even going to, he had never, never planned to be here with you. Maybe you during one hour and him during another hour. So I don't quite understand what's going on here. We, we have a situation where we have a, 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 a local supervisor, the Live Oak supervisor, whose, John, whose name is John Leopold, who uh, apparently is um, uh, so upset about this whole notion that he wants doesn't want to have anything to do with you, and I don't understand it. You know, Michael, I didn't really want to come here to talk about my differences of opinion with um, John. I I really like to get back to talking. Let, let, to, let's uh, do it. Let's, let's do let's it. Talk but, about the. But, but the to pool. me, that's real important. That the supervisor won't even talk to you. I think that stinks. I think that's really, really rotten on the part of him. You haven't said that. I know I'm making you uncomfortable, but that's the way I feel. And that's the way the radio station feels. That's all we're going to say. Okay, let's get back about talking about the pool. Right. Um, 
to me, there are so many different. We have I have met with them over the last oh probably ten years at looking at different ideas and suggestions of running the pool and trying new ideas, and it's been really frustrating not having these things happen. Um, when we did bring, for example, I brought Tim Sheeper, the group. Uh, he was going to be on the uh, he he was the the president of the group over there in Menlo Park, and he's running in the uh, Ironman this week, and uh, so he couldn't be here. But it was interesting when he walked in to take a look at the swim center over there. The first thing he did was not go into the pool. He went to these two vacant rooms. And he goes, what, what are these? I said, well, these are vacant rooms. You could tell that he was looking at this thinking, wow, this is an opportunity to run yoga classes and swimming and stretching classes and swimming. Things that we're just not, if we're doing any, is very, very little. Mm-hmm. But there's such a potential for that. Um, one of the things that I worked with and I tried to get them uh, to do, and I haven't had been very lucky, is the warm water pool there is used during the summer uh, extensively. It's used for rehab. It's used for swimming lessons. But it's used very little during the winter. And the reason is it's cold. I've been working with them and trying to get a pool cover and to have that covered. And uh, I've just been unsuccessful at doing that. The county should decide that we are going to have a pool cover and make it happen. There were some issues, I know, with the fire department of walkways and so on. But this is a type of thing that needs to be done, and it's not. So the object of this radio program is to bring this to the public, and hopefully the public will become outraged. Well, I don't, I don't want them to be outraged, but I do want them to understand that that swim center is a wonderful facility for Live Oak. I think it's the nicest part of Live Oak. Sure. It is the people that you see in there are swimming, they're exercising, they're doing this to stay healthy. I know we were putting in a medical center here in, in East Cliff to help people in medical. I think the swim center is just as important as that medical. These people are not out there um, in inner tubes floating around. They are doing this to stay healthy. What's going to happen here during the winter is it's going to start closing. And people like routines. They like when they exercise, they, they like to work Monday, Wednesday, Friday or, or set certain dates up. What happens now is it starts closing. Um, it's going to be closed. Um, They're going to close it more than they have in the past. Right. Okay. It'll be closed, for example, um, it's closed on Columbus Day in honor of Columbus. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know if anybody honored Columbus in Santa Cruz anymore. Uh-huh. But it's closed on Columbus Day. Um, it was closed on Labor Day. Here's the, the last vacation time for families at the end of the summer, and it's closed. It, it should not be closed. There's no reason for it to be closed. The, it was closed for years on the 4th of July, and I just couldn't understand. Here's a time when families are together. Uh, great time to be together. It was closed. Um, I talked them into uh, opening it up on the 4th. My family pays for that, for the, the pool to be open on the 4th of July. It is free. There are, I think the last time there were over 900 people that came in over a period of four hours. This is our local community here. 900 Um one thing that I I do know, though, is that many of those people that come in during the 4th of July because it's free, you never see them during the rest of the year. They cannot right. afford it. 
Wow. But there should be outreach, outreach to these community members, these people that can't afford to swim. You have a family of four children, and it costs you $6 each to come in and swim? Can't afford it. There sh- we should, as a, as a community, have days where we, these people can come in. Um, it's a wonderful idea. It, so you present these ideas to deaf ears, right? That's okay. Well, the, well, I think I think there's a lot of um, ears listening today that will. Well, not I hope deaf. so. I hope that people and, and do want, question oh. and and understand that it's it's not just um, for people having a good time. When I go in there, I see people that are re- rehabbing, that are taking care of themselves. This is this is just as important as a medical facility. And to, to stop it and start it and stop it and start it, what happens is people stop going and they go to other things or they stop exercising. Right. If you want to give us a call and join the program, the phone number is area 831-479-1080. It's the KSCO Saturday special, 831-479-1080. Uh, or you can uh, participate via email. My email address is mz at ksco.com. Um, <clears throat> we're speaking about the uh, the operation of the Live Oak uh, Community Swim Center uh, with special guest uh, Bill Simpkins here in the studio here at 2300 Portola Drive. Love to hear from you. And it looks like we got a couple of people on the on the uh, phone right now who've been on hold for a few minutes. And more coming in. This is what we want here. Mike in Santa Cruz regarding the swim center. You're on KSCO. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I sure can. Okay, hi. Uh, I, I swim at the swim center, and, and I'm also um, uh, engaged with Janice of Santa Cruz, which is a substance abuse clinic uh, in town here. And I, I've attended a couple of recent meetings of the Public Safety Citizen Task Force, and they've identified two major issues in Santa Cruz. There's, there's a number of others, but one of them is substance abuse, and the other is youth after-school programs. And I just want to talk a little bit about... Uh, the potential of the Simpkin Center, which is not being met at this point, uh, in both those areas. Uh, at Janice, uh, we are using the Simpkin Center through a, a grant from Bill to uh, bring young women who are having babies uh, and are trying to have them without being addicted to drugs. Uh, they come into the pool and they swim a couple days a week. They bring their other children with them, and they're getting engaged in, in the, a, a healthy activity. Many of these young women have never been to a public pool before. They don't, they're, they're intimidated until they start coming into our program. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're learning something that is very, very good for their families and that, that it can be a takeaway when they go back to their communities uh, uh, after they've given birth to their, their child without the child being on drugs. So we're very appreciative of that program. And, and, and secondly, the other thing that the Citizens Task Force was bringing up was the tremendous need for after-school programs for youth uh, in this community. And, and we have a very high truancy rate. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Simpkin Center, I believe, is underutilized for, for the youth after-school programs. And if you just look around, Menlo Park is one example. Up in San Francisco, uh, there's a place called the Charlie Saba Center, the Saba Center, where they taught thousands of kids to uh, swim. And many of these kids couldn't afford to go on their own, but the, the, they, they're able to work it out, so they have a, a, a low cost for that. And it's been a wonderful program. The Santa Clara Swim Club over in, in Santa Clara has just been a wonders for that community. And kids that are involved in swimming and water polo get higher grades, they have higher graduation uh, rates, and they're less involved in crime. 
So I, I just think there's, you know, from a, the public's perspective, it's important to recognize that there's a lot of potential for this pool that, that you know, I don't know how we get there, but, but uh, that really needs to be tapped into. This is a tremendous um, a community resource that's being underutilized. Well, Bill knows how to get there, and <laughs> that's, that's why we're here. We're trying to get the people who... Uh you know, who, who make the decisions to listen. Anyhow, Mike in Santa Cruz, thanks very much for your call to 479-1080 in Area 831. That's the Saturday special on AM 1080 KSCO. Downtown Owl, you're on the Hey, air. Mike and Bill. Hey, it's a great facility. I also wanted to mention, you know, the state, state lifeguards use that for training. Uh, my son's a state lifeguard, and he's used that pool to keep up on his training you know, during the off-season or, you know, during the season, too. So it's a really important facility. And, you know, it would be great if it could be open really late, too. Um, I used to run kayak roll sessions up at the UCSC pool there, and that was open until, like, 11 o'clock at night sometimes, 1130. You know, I don't even know if something like that would be possible, but, you know, some of the local kayak outfitters might even be willing to use it. So uh, great facility, and it's really nice to have a 50-meter pool like that. Uh, yeah, Bill wants price. to add something. I I agree with you 100. percent I uh, about four or five years ago, I went to the uh, Parks and Rec Department and said we need better lights there. This place needs to be open till nine o'clock and to be able to. It's the thing here. This is a fixed cost business. We've got heating, we've got maintenance, and it doesn't cost much more to have it open an extra hour. But I wanted to get lights there so you could do things like that. Um, I offered to pay for them. Um, it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I really don't understand that because uh, my daughter also swims with a master's program. And, you know, when one of the pools closes, they have to they get shuttled to another one, and so it's all over the place. And um, it, it's, it's a really great facility. You know, I, I grew up in the days when it was like 50 cents or 25 cents to go to, like, a local plunge down in Southern California, and it was just a really great resource for the community when you could ride your bike over there and take some pocket change and get in. And it would really be nice to be able to do that. Um, but I, I think you're right on when you talk about how expensive it is for families and what a great resource. And I just want to thank you and your family for um, helping provide that to this community and your continued support for it. Thank you very much. And thank you uh, for calling the uh, Saturday special at 831-479-1080. That was downtown Al. Uh, that opens up a line. Give us a call. Here's Ron and Carmel. Ron, you're hey. on the air. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, the gentleman early, earlier brought on uh, information, or at least he, he mentioned information about people getting rehab work at the pool. One of the things that I want to bring up, I, I do exercise, and I exercise frequently, and the point is that when you go to exercise, you find people who have like, uh, how would you say it, they're similar, uh, <laughs> I'm, losing, I'm missing a word here, but anyway, they got, they like to exercise, all right, and so you get a socializing network going also so that as you go to exercise, you see the people who exercise just like you do, and you do want to continue exercising not only for yourself but also to meet and talk and greet mm -hmm. the people who also have that common interest. That's what I was getting at. And I, I think the uh, swimming pool issue is, is one of those places where 
yeah, you get people who go to swim there, and it's it's great exercise. Probably, uh, I don't I don't swim though, but you also then meet people who have similar interests, and they will continue to help you to more or less stay in better shape and do it more frequently. And I, I think it's uh, it's really exercise. I agree. I believe exercise is a really great part of life, even though uh, sometimes it's difficult to do. Uh, thank you. Thank you for calling uh, the radio station here at KSCO Saturday special. So, Bill, um, what do you think? Um, what do you think needs to happen? I mean, just the the decision based on, on the county to um, um, let it be uh, farmed out to a private company that specializes. Well, I don't believe that the, the the goal is not farming it out. The goal here is to open the pool. Right. And that—that's what's important. However, it, however we, you get there, we need to open the pool. We need to have it used more, and uh, more people. Sw- there should be three times as many people swimming in it. And the reason that it's not is because it's well, closed more time than it should be. And may I ask some questions? Yeah, please, Mom. To, yeah, um, yeah. Evidently, the person who's uh, in charge and says, "No, we're cl- closing this." For how long? A month or two? Well, it will be closed. Uh, it was closed 49 days last year, and okay. it'll be. But but wait a minute. What's the reason for closing it? Is it too expensive to run? Do, you, do well, people we'll have maybe to get into? Uh, I, I could get into that a little bit later. But um, oh, one other thing is that it's also closed on Sundays at 12:30. Why? Well, this is when families are getting together. Of course. That they should be swimming at 2 and 3. It's closed. It, it sounds like uh, there's one person who's making the rules, and he should have been here, and he chooses not to be here to answer questions. So, Well, I will give you this. There are two reasons that the county has traditionally brought up when you talk about contracting, and I wanted to address those with John today so address it with it as if john was here okay do, do, do what clint eastwood did with with, with president <laughs> obama with an empty chair well do that bill the, the first one was that uh when tim sheeper and the group from menlo park came over they came over and looked at it <laughs> and then um left and then the parks and rec department went over to menlo park to look at it john presley and betsy Lindbergh went over there well a couple months later, I said, how are things going? And they were going, well, uh, we haven't heard from Mr. Sheeper. He hasn't given us – the reason we haven't worked with him is that he hasn't given us a formal proposal. And that's been thrown out. You know, he hasn't responded to our request for a proposal. Well, this is the reason he didn't – is that he got a letter I have in front of me here, an email. And this is from um, John Presley, who is the head of the – uh, public works which is ahead of the parks and rec and what he stated was hi tim good to hear from you please believe us that both betsy and i have really been busy with budgets and programs so we are just getting back to you as you know we did enjoy seeing your operations and the programs you are running you have a very impressive program there at this time however there is an expectation within the county and public works department are supposed to work with our community to see if we can make improvements at the swim center. We are going to give it our best shot, and we hope we can convince the community that we are trying to make some real changes. We do appreciate your time, blah, blah. So I get this, 
and Tim emails me and he goes, the question, Bill, is how do I submit a proposal to John that he's already declined? So would you, after getting an email like that, spend time making a formal proposal? He declined it before he sent it out. Is he running the the whole show? Is he being allowed to? Well, I think that eventually it's the Board of Supervisors. But let me give you the second one is that the second argument against having it contracted out is that the bonds that were taken for it to have the built had a requirement in it that, quote, that you could not have a private enterprise run it with these bonds that were sold. And so I emailed Betsy Lindbergh and I said, Betsy, I've been looking for the document that says a contractor cannot operate in a building that was purchased with redevelopment funds, specifically a group like Tim Sheepers could not run a swim program at the swim center. Could you email me this document? I got a response from Betsy. said, hi, Bill. This is a requirement of the federal government for tax-exempt bonds used to fund the project. The agency shall assure that the proceeds of the bonds are not used as to cause the bonds to satisfy the private business test, blah, blah. So this is another excuse. They said, we cannot contract this out because of these the bonds. Well, I have an email here. They knew this wasn't true, I believe. Um, I have an email here um, from Mark Stone that he emailed to a swimmer. Mark Stone was or a is supervisor at that time. Okay. And he stated, quote, there won't be an issue about a third party coming in to run the swim center, though. It's not worth the time in any case. He knew at that time. And what I did this last couple weeks, since I knew I'd be meeting here, I contracted an attorney, Bob Haight, who lives in Scotts Valley. And his expertise is bonds. And I asked him, is this uh, is this true? And he wrote back to me, the county of Santa Cruz could retain a private manager for the swim center without violating any federal tax rules. It's not true. So it can be run. There are certain requirements that the contract cannot exceed five years. It must contain a cancellation clause. But these were the two... Reasons why it could not be contracted out is that one is Tim Sheeper did not supply them with a formal proposal. Well, he was denied. There was no reason for him to do it. He was already denied. And the second issue that because of these bonds that we cannot have a contract. And that's not true also. Bill, what would you like to happen? Well, I, I would like to see what happened as what happened at Fremont High School over in Sunnyvale. What they did is they put in a 50-meter pool, and it is half-owned by the city and the high school. What they did is that they put out uh, a wish list. They got a group of swimmers together, and they put a very formal list of what they wanted. And what they did is they sent it out and see what kind of responses they received from people. And that's what I'm asking. And I I think the county would also – we would put together um, a proposal, send a request for quote, Send it out and see what we get back. That's that's all I'm asking is that let's see what our options are. Well, people should know that you and your wife built this facility. Isn't that true? Well, a majority of the money was redevelopment money. But I'll tell you, the sweat equity was my wife and Edie Rittenhouse that, that made that pool happen.
That's great. Okay, you're listening to the Saturday special. Good. Rosie's call. Rosie's on the line. Uh, I, I was hoping that Rosie would call in today. She's busy with other things, but she made the time. Hey, Rosie. Morning, morning, gentlemen. Morning, everybody. So I wanted to clarify the situation just of you, John Leopold, and today's program. Um, when I had first had Mr. Simpkins on Good Morning Monterey Bay with me to talk about this issue, it was apparent that it needed to be a community dialogue. And I, when I made the suggestion about the Saturday special, um, it was agreed that Mr. we would have Mr. Leopold join us. So I talked to Rita, who's a very pleasant, personable lady who is his staff, and we came up with today's date, and Mr. Leopold was to appear just for one hour this morning because he couldn't stay for two, and that was fine. That was how it was left, and, and Bill would be in for both hours, and then the uh, pool people would join in the second hour. So I got a call um, probably three days ago from Rita saying that Mr. Leopold had a very close family friend who have had a situation that he needed to go and be with that person and that was going to be out of town and could we reschedule for the 26th? And I said, uh, well, I'll have to check with Mr. Simpkins. I don't know if he's available at that weekend. And she said, uh, I said, obviously we want to have, you know, both sides here. And she said, oh no, she said, Mr. Leopold's express words are that he will not be sitting down in the same room with Mr. Simpkins and this radio program or at any other time. Oh, wow. And those were their words. They were not my words. I originally scheduled for both sides to have him to talk about it this first hour together. I don't know if there's a miscommunication between Rita and I, but the fact that he said, as she said to me as his representative, that he would not be sitting down now or at any time in the future with Mr. Simpson. You just you just heard that and, and your jaw dropped. Uh, you didn't ask I any said, questions. Yes, why yes. why is that? Or that's highly know, unusual behavior for a county supervisor. I, I, personally, I thought it was very arrogant behavior, Michael. To be honest with you, um, I didn't say anything more because there was no more to the conversation. She was simply the messenger. She wasn't. Uh, she she had not sent the message. So I just wanted to put that out there as to that's what happened to the program today, and I'm glad that. Uh, Bill is there and talking about what's obviously a really, really sad situation for a community treasure that we have in Live Oak. Yeah. Okay. All right. All well, right. I think that's. I think that's. That says it all. Thank you, Rosie. Yeah. Appreciate your taking the time. All right, guys. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. That was Rosie Chalmers, the program director of KSCO and the um, morning show host. Good morning, Monterey Bay. Um, and uh, okay, back to business here, Bill Simpkins. Uh, so, um, you know, my mother asked you what you would like to see happen, and you said there are plenty of models. Uh, what was it, Fremont High School in Sunnyvale? Where, where's Sunnyvale? It's uh, in Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale, yeah. Fremont High School uh, has a situation where um, it is co-owned, the, the pool, a 50-meter pool, which is very much like ours here at Simpkins Swim Center, uh, is co-owned by the high school and the city of, uh, of um, Sunnyvale. And it works pretty smoothly. Did it all? Was it always that way, or did they go through some <coughs> bumpy times like we were? No, I think now? that the, they started this right from the get-go. It used to be a, a small 25-yard pool, and then it was made to 50. They did the the major fundraising, and how we found out about this was that the lady that did the fundraising contacted my wife and said, "How did you do this?" And that's how we they followed basically the format that my wife and uh, Edie did. 
where they did the fundraising and they did name you know put names next to lanes and so on but right but what they did then is that rather than have it run by the city or the uh the school that they contracted it right from the get go, and it's right. been—they've been. And there was was there a, a local redevelopment agency involved in that one? I do not know. Okay, but yeah, that that seems to be the the sticking point here. But you've said that you you've actually retained counsel that said that told you that uh, you you certainly can use um, if if it is not true that if uh, uh, funds to build to, to build a pool were redevelopment funds that it cannot be contracted out to a that's, private. That's right. That is not true that it can be contracted out. Okay. It, it's also important that I'm sure there are a lot of people here uh, listening that have never been there swimming, but it is important for them to be involved in this because not only are we talking about opening up the tool pool, but we're talking about $300 plus that goes into the pool every year that if it was contracted out, that that would be reduced significantly and could be used at other places, say as soccer fields, or there would be another 300000 in the parks department to spread to other uses. And I, So I think it's important for people, not just swimmers, to, to have an understanding of what's going on here. Sure. Okay, and that's, that's the purpose of the show. Uh, we certainly would like to hear from more uh, listeners who would like to contribute to the program. Uh, I'll put out the phone number again, 479 479- 1080. If you're in area 831, it's a local call. If you're outside of 831, you'll have to dial 831-479-1080. We're talking with Bill Simpkins about the Simpkins Swim Center. And is it being uh, operated currently under uh, an optimal system? Uh, My answer to that question is obviously no. Uh, Bill, I don't want to talk for you, but your answer is... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay, um, let's see. Who's next? Ann in Capitola. Welcome to the Saturday special. You're on the air, Ann. Hi. Good morning. Um, I just uh, wanted to express my concern about the pool closure as well. And just the fact that I've contacted numerous supervisors over the years, and nobody has ever been able to justify the closing with any sort of data. They actually can't even provide us with numbers of, you know, that, yes, there's a loss or there's a gain from these closures. Okay. So, so that's, I, I just, uh, you know. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, um, it, it's been very frustrating that, you know, we're in contact with supervisors. They'll, they'll say we'll look into it, and then it just gets brushed under the rug. The, this whole issue of, of accounting is, is I guess, is a, is a symptom to the, the problem here in that um, every year I go and ask for numbers again, and we go over the budget, and I sit down with them and go over this. And one of the things is I did ask Melanie Sereno, um, who's a, a very good person that works in the county, and I asked her once, I said, here we have the, the pool closes for example, for a day, or they make a decision on this closure or that closure. Well, I asked her, well, can you supply me the numbers of this, of revenue from, say, the lap swimmers or swim lessons or uh, guards program? Give me the numbers. I want to see a profit, you know, a profit last year. I want to see where we're making money and where we're not. Her response to me was, hi, Bill. I'm not sure what you're asking for below. Are you saying you want income 
breakdown for this year and last year to date on each program, the system can't really break out income that way. Part of the problem is the interface between the registration system and the financial system. People may register for something like a lifeguard training class or a swim lesson or come for a lap swim, but the money goes into one fund. Well, what that means is that if you wanted to do a business case for closing for a day or closing Sunday afternoons, you have no way of justifying that. There's no accounting. You can't show dollars and cents of why are you why are you closing four days at the end of this month? Show me the dollars and cents that that you save. Well, you cannot do that because they have no way of accounting. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. I've had a business for 30 years, and I can tell you right now what, <laughs> where we make money and where we lose money and, and how to make adjustments because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the county doesn't seem to be interested. Um, 479-1080 is the phone number to participate. Uh, that's in Area 831. Thank you, Ann and Capitola. We appreciate yeah. your call to the KSCO Saturday special. Here's Lisa in Soquel. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to KSCO. You are on the air. Oh, how scary. Hey, I don't know if this has been brought up, but there's a whole facility over there that's not used. There's a commercial kitchen. There's all those rooms. There is this lost revenue left and right at the at the Simpkins Center. It's not just the pool, I don't think. Uh, clearly, yeah. No, Bill had mentioned that there are rooms. Oh, okay, I just I, I know I just I just tuned in, so I probably missed everything you guys have talked about. But yeah, that's a very underutilized facility over there. Okay, well, yeah, so it sounds like you you regularly go there to swim? Yeah, I'm a regular swimmer, but I also don't understand why John Leopold isn't there defending this space. This is in his district. I don't understand. Well, th- things happen, and, and apparently he was called away for something that was important, but, but what astounds me is that he his messenger, his assistant, was has told our, our uh, Rosemary Chalmers here from KSCO that he will never ever discuss this with Mr. Simpkins in the same room. So it makes it makes me wonder that. what's going on here. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. He shouldn't be a public figure then. He shouldn't be a, a, a supervisor. Absolutely well, not. Maybe he I won't agree. be reelected and I would think that would be a good thing. Yeah. I, I think okay, I, that's, I think I think a supervisor who behaves like that is unconscionable. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so, so thank you, thank you, and thanks to Bill. He is a an incredible community member. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Susan and Live Oak, you're on KSCO on the Saturday special. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think the pool is a fantastic thing, and I really applaud um, Mr. Simpkins' uh, efforts and his wife and the time they've taken. It's it's a wonderful service. Um, I think. If I want, I can zoom out here from for a minute and, and make the picture a little bit bigger. Um, people have brought up the redevelopment agency and how it seems to be a nice thing and how it beautifies our community. And it seems kind of nice, you know. It, it seems like a nice thing. And they, but they do a lot of planning of of the community in that in their uh, development. And the railroad is part of that. All the board of supervisors voted to buy the railroad for $11 million. That goes right by the swim center. And I don't know if it's true, but I heard that there's 200,000 units of Rackham and Stackham housing planned along this railroad track. And that's not going to really beautify the community. And 
it's I know this is a, a part of Agenda 21, and so we have a big picture here and and how the the Board of Supervisors are following this plan without really um, notifying the public that that is what they were doing. So in the smaller picture, it looks great. Sidewalk and trees, you know, we're going to make your community really nice. But they're steering it towards this direction without saying where they're steering it. And it seems to mean well, but it's not a very good plan in the end. It's kind of a sinister agenda to close the community into a little cage, which they might be beautifying your little cage, but you won't be able to go anywhere and you'll be you know, walking everywhere and on your bike with, that doesn't really make sense to me for elderly people and people with families. So um, they seem to be wanting consensus on things, they, but it's just an apparent consens- consensus because when there's an overwhelming opposition to their agenda, they vote the way they want anyway. For example, the community was overwhelmingly opposed to smart, we- smart meters and they, they let it happen anyway. The community was overwhelmed, shows up and is overwhelmingly opposed to some of their cell tower placements, which they wave the safety distance, you know, from, uh, there's a setback, and they wave it regularly and, uh, in the face of overwhelming opposition. So when they don't want to do something, they don't care how much their consensus doesn't have, you know, there's no consensus at all how much opposition there is. They just vote their agenda. So it's not, they don't really necessarily have the desire to serve the community. So if but, you're, but what could the agenda be, you know, with respect to this particular issue? To, to, well, to, 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 to deprive the community of the pool? Is that their agenda? Well, that I would doesn't say make any that, sense. Well, no, but I think that in general, if they're mo- all the board of supervisors in place right now, I believe, are pretty much Agenda 21 people. And so their their desire is to appear to want to say, serve the community, but if they don't really mean it underneath, they don't really have that agenda. They don't necessarily feel obligated to be reasonable or or um, collaborate with the community for its well-being when they don't need to or want to. So I don't see their. I'm sensing not very good will or not very good intentions, and that's the whatever reason. There's not reason behind it. There's not a good reason for them to do it or not to do it. They just, you know, I'm just saying that there's something underneath that they're not being clear about, you know. So anyway, that's my comment there. Do you have any comment on in return? On Does that? Bill have it? Okay, no, Bill doesn't have any comment in return. So uh, thank you for calling, okay, Susan and Live Oak. Right. We appreciate it. Now we have uh, Chris uh, Mogensen, am I saying the name right, uh, who is on line one at, uh, at Bill's request here. Uh, okay, Bill, uh, or uh, Chris, welcome to KSCO on the Saturday special. Thank you for having me. You bet. Bill, you would call. Uh, tell us about Chris a little bit, please. Um, again, thanks, Chris, for, for coming on. Um, the reason I asked Chris to come on is that, that they run a very exceptional program in Menlo Park where uh, it is contracted out and... Uh, the reports I've heard from the, the citizens there is wonderful, but they run that where it's closed only five days, um, five days a year. And Chris, why don't you tell them about about your program and um, how it's run? Sure. Well, um, I work for a company named uh, Team Sheeper, which is uh, um, the, the actual business name is Menlo Swim and Sport, and the company has run the facility, the aquatic facility,
for the city of Menlo Park since uh, about 2006. Um, and so um, what we do, like Bill said, we, we operate it um, in a pretty active um, format. We're open seven days a week, and uh, we close five days a year, so we're open 360 days a year. And uh, we have uh, very full programming. Um, Tim's background uh, was in triathlon and, uh, and running a master swimming team. And, uh, and that has evolved into, you know, full management of two aquatic facilities for the city of Memo Park. And uh, there's a, a lot of detail. I don't know how much you want me to get into initially here, Bill, but um, that's the, the summary, I'd say. I, the thing that I was impressed in, in talking with Tim, and I asked him about how he, he runs the pool, and he turned to me and he said, we run it like a three-ring circus that we are constantly have people in the pool. We're juggling and we're moving it around. And it's really the, it's the size of your pool that limits what, what you can do. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Um, if we had more space, we would be able to offer more programming. And uh, we really, we're constantly trying to figure out what else we can do within the, uh, the confines of the space that we have. There's a lot of demand for, um, you know, programs within within the Burgess facility, that we, the pr principal facility that we operate, and uh, um, we're really just trying to do everything we can to, to maximize that on a, on a continuing basis, figure out what's, um, you know, what the needs of the community are, and then also what, uh, what it takes to run the facility in a way that it, uh, that it is at least not losing money. Okay. Well, golly gee, uh, maybe next hour we can get into more detail, okay, and give some ideas to uh, to people here about how Simpkins yep. Swim Center can be run. We look forward to uh, to doing that here. You're listening to the KSCO Saturday Special. We're talking about the Simpkins Swim Center here in Live Oak, a wonderful community facility that yeah. is underutilized, and there's a good reason. We're getting to the bottom of the reasons that there are many reasons why it's underutilized. Uh, and we're going to get more into that uh, next hour all the way on up until noontime. Uh, but we're coming in uh, at the end of our, our, um, our first hour of the KSCO Saturday special. So we invite you to uh, stay tuned, join us and participate. Give us give a call to anybody you think who might be interested in chipping into the conversation. And what were you going to say, Bill? Oh, Chris, stay with us. Yeah, and absolutely. Chris will, Chris will be with us uh uh, for the next hour here, right here on your favorite radio station, AM 1080, KSCO Santa Cruz, Salinas, Monterey, San Jose. It's 11 a.m. I'm Gary Nahum. The Senate has turned down a plan to let the government pay its bills, which the White House is now calling unfortunate. Live now to CBS News correspondent Pam Coulter in Washington. Gary, as expected, Senate Democrats fell short in their bid to extend the debt ceiling through next year. Illinois' Dick Durbin. I think this may be the single most irresponsible thing I've seen in the time that I've served in Washington. In the House, a Democratic attempt to reopen the government by unanimous consent went nowhere. And House Republicans were told their talks with the president hit a wall. California's Daryl Issa. The president's freezing out America, and we're, we'll do everything we can to, uh, to make the point that we went to negotiate, and he took no offer. 
And a compromise floated by Maine GOP Senator Susan Collins now seems to be going nowhere. Gary? National Transportation Safety Board Chair Deborah Hersman is eager for the partial shutdown to end so furloughed safety inspectors can get back to work. I urge you to reopen the government so that the NTSB can fully resume our safety mission. In New York City, the Statue of Liberty will reopen tomorrow to the public now that state officials have agreed to foot the bill for costs of running it during the shutdown. A monster cyclone named Phelan packing heavy rains and punishing winds is slamming into eastern India. Marissa State is hardest hit. The area it's hitting is not as densely populated as other parts uh, in the Gulf or in the Bay, and that could lead to fewer tragedies from this. Reporter Joe Danilowitz in New Delhi. Seawater pushing inland, swapping villages where many people survive as subsistence farmers in mud and thatch huts. A two-year-old son of Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson has died of injuries sustained in an assault. Sioux Falls, South Dakota police spokesman Sam Clement says... The medical examiners found that he had some injuries that were not consistent with being accidental, but they were actually consistent with being abused. More from CBS News correspondent Terrell Brown. The man dating the baby's mother, Joseph Robert Patterson, allegedly beat the child and so far has been charged with aggravated felony assault and battery of an infant. Prosecutors expect to file more charges next week. Peterson says he will play in tomorrow's Vikings-Panthers game. California Governor Jerry Brown has vetoed a one-gun measure, signing another. The story from KNX reporter Charles Feldman. The Senate Democratic leader Daryl Steinberg wanted it, thought the state would be better off with it. A ban on the kind of semi-automatic rifle that uses detachable magazines capable of many rounds. But Governor Brown disagreed, vetoed that one. Steinberg's spokesman saying his boss was disappointed, not sure whether it will be reintroduced. The governor did sign into law build banning lead ammo for hunting. Southeast of Lima, Peru today, a bus has plunged off a cliff into a river, killing 50 people. Bodies found as far as 330 feet from the point of impact. This is CBS News. In spite of it all, America remains the greatest country in the world. That's because America is defined by us. People like you and I, who believe we make the United States wonderful, not the politicians. But good, proud Americans who stand together to keep us strong. Like AMAC and its nearly one million members. AMAC believes in traditional American values. They believe in God, in country, in family, in America. They believe it's worth fighting for. AMAC is one million Americans over 50 working together to leave our children and grandchildren an America they too will be proud of. That's why I'm joining AMAC. You should too. Let's stand together. Join today at AMAC.us. That's AMAC.us. And please remember this. You don't need the AARP to get the benefits you deserve. AMAC has them. And AMAC is better. Better for you. Better for America. Push-ups as punishment and motivation, nothing new, but how many push-ups are too many? A judge in Missouri has decided. The story from reporter Will Sterrett. The family of a college student sued, claiming it was the 512 push-ups she was ordered to do twice when she was part of a swim team near Kansas City that led to her shoulder pain. The girl's former swim coach argued that wasn't an excessive number and is routine in order to improve swimmers' speed and motivate them to win. Even USA Swimming, the national governing body for the sport, got involved in the case. The jury molded over before deciding, no, the family wasn't entitled to damages for all those push-ups. 
Will Starrett for CBS News, Kansas City. Off the coast of Sicily, 34 bodies have been recovered. 206 migrants rescued after their boat sank 60 miles south of the island. Malta's prime minister says the Mediterranean is becoming a cemetery after another boat carrying migrants sank a little over a week ago. Gary on CBS News. Healthcare reform is here. With it, your business must deal with the increased complexities and burdens of rising costs, taxes, government regulation, and risk. Insperity takes care of all of this and more. Hello, friends. Jim Nance here. If you're worried about healthcare reform, discover Insperity's unique workforce optimization solution, providing administrative relief, big company benefits, reduced liabilities, and a systematic way to improve productivity. Insperity is ready for health care reform. Are you? For an executive briefing on health care reform from an Insperity Business Performance Advisor, call 1-866-210-7415. One call to Insperity can help your company run better, grow faster, and make more money. It's what we do. Insperity, inspiring business performance. Good morning, everyone. You have it tuned in to AM 1080 KSEO Santa Cruz. It's Saturday, October 12th, 2013. I'm Dave Michaels with a quick look at traffic and weather for you. As, tra- as far as traffic goes, things out there looking pretty good. I don't see any major incidents reported by CHP and certainly no major slowdowns along your local roadways. Your KSEO weather forecast for tonight. Well, for today, that is, is for mostly sunny conditions by late afternoon. Highs will be around 68 degrees tonight. Should be clear. Lows will be around 43 degrees. Your forecast for tomorrow is uh, pretty much the same thing like today. Highs around 70 degrees along with sunny conditions. Your boaters forecast for this morning, south winds 5 knots becoming west 5 to 15 knots in the afternoon. Wind waves 1 to 3 feet along with mixed swells, northwest 2 to 4 feet at 9 seconds and south 3 feet at 17 seconds along with patchy fog throughout late morning. Outside KSEO KOMY Studios, it's currently 54 degrees. Coming up next, it's hour number two of the Saturday special with your host, MZ. This hour of the Saturday special is being brought to you by the California Grill. Ain't that right, MZ? It sure is. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but I'm sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll have to come back. Our job is not to raise blood pressure here uh, on the Saturday special, but it's happening. It's just mine is being raised even during the breaks. I'm sorry, baby, but I really got to go to KSCO Radio. Bye. Okay, and the reason... My blood pressure is going up is because uh, our guest, um, Bill Simpkins, uh, during the break told me some things that made me even angrier than I was before regarding the Simpkins Swim Centers. Not just John Leopold, who doesn't want to talk about it. It's all the other supervisors, too. Now, because the the pool seems to be, uh, I mean, is located in, in John Leopold's district, 
he is the logical, you know, first stop uh, at the government uh, to to discuss anything having to do with this particular um, um, location. But what Bill told me during the break is that it, the pool belongs to the entire county, which means the entire board of supervisors makes the rules about it, not just one who was invited to be here and isn't for whatever re reason, legitimate or not. But the thing that's most disturbing is that he refuses to discuss this with Mr. Simpkins. But apparently other um, supervisors have refused to discuss. Is this true, Bill? I mean, did I understand? Oh, that? I, I, I don't think it's – they, they do not refuse, but there is no action. They listen and nod, and but there's no action. But – um, a majority of the people I swim with are in Zach Friend's area. Which is what area now? I, that'd be Aptos. Okay. All right. And you swim every day? Or that you uh, can't? Four to five days. Four to five days a week. But right. the people that swim there are from all over the county. This is not Mr. Leopold's pool. Sure. And I think and there's, there's nothing like it anywhere in the county, right? No, this is the jewel. This yeah. is it. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful facility. Okay, and we also have uh, um, uh, Chris Mogensen, who uh, is involved with a, an organization that operates the Menlo Park 50-meter uh, pool quite successfully and quite profitably, and it's open all the time except five days out of the year. And uh, Chris is here, and he's going to give us some some uh, the benefit of, of his background and some of the things that they've done to make that pool uh, operation very successful, yes? Uh, that's correct. And just a quick clarification, we operate, um, it's two 25-meter pools, but... Oh, okay. All right, well, um, so anyhow, how, how is it that you got involved in this, and, and it was from the very beginning, from when the pool, pools were built, Yes. Uh, that's correct. And so, you know, like I said, I've been with the company a little over two years. Um, I've known uh, Tim Sheeper, who's the owner of the company, for a long time just through the sport of triathlon, um, where he's very active in, um, in that sport. Um, and his, he took over the pool in about 2006. Uh, the city of Menlo Park was in a situation where they had just spent, uh, sig done a significant capital improvement on the pool. And, uh, they realized that for them to be able to run it, they were going to lose a very significant amount of money on an annual basis. So they started looking into you know, privatizing the operation, and uh, Tim was one of uh, a few different organizations that um, uh, you know was interested in doing that, and he won the, uh, the 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 bid for that. And so he's been running it, his company, ever since '06. And uh, as I mentioned, it uh, you know it's, it's taken a lot of hard work. Um, uh, for him to get to the point where the company currently is, but it does operate like we spoke about uh, initially. Um, you know, basically it's open almost every day of the year and uh, very, very, um, uh, you know, utilized, heavily utilized by the community. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, we have a very good relationship with the city. They're quite pleased with what we do, and I think the community is, uh, is as well. Um, and if you'd like, I can get into a little bit of detail in terms of how, how we run it. Why not? Sure. So, um, so I think the thing that kind of sets us apart is we've got, um, in terms of the management, we actually run it like a, like a real business. We've got uh, a CEO. We've got a chief operation officer, a, a chief financial officer, HR manager. We've got two people in marketing, um, 
and uh, you know, I, and I, IT resources as well as customer service. And all of the people at the top level, I think this is pretty unique in this industry. All of the, the upper level management have past history of working either in the technology field or in a, in a professional field. Um, so they bring with them um, very specialized and unique talents um, to this operation. So that helps quite a bit. And uh, then what we do is we, we focus on, you know, programming very actively the things that, you know, the community wants and the things that we know um, help to keep the facility open. And so we have lap and open swim. We provide aquafit. We have a very... Uh, a very large master swim team. At one point, it was, I think, one of the largest master swim teams west of the Mississippi. Um, we also have a swim pro who uh, it's similar to a golf pro, and it's, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that really being done in, in many, uh, many aquatic places, um, where it's basically a one-on-one -on -one service uh, to help people improve, uh, improve their swimming. Uh, we have a youth competitive swim team that has over 300 kids, on it, uh, and then the Masters team also has over three, about 300 people. Um, we have a triathlon team that is based out of the, uh, the aquatic center as well. Um, we offer youth and adult water polo. We have a safety academy um, that helps train our staff and staff around the, around the Mid Peninsula and the general Bay Area counties in terms of uh, you know, uh, lifeguarding classes, certified pool operator classes, things of that nature. We have a retail shop, which is a pro shop, where we sell, you know, product that's related to um, aquatics and um, just general athletics, triathlon, what have you. Um, we have adult fitness classes that we run, boot camps, uh, indoor cycling, and then beyond just the swim pro that I mentioned, we have uh, about nine other personal trainers who offer a variety of services for people ranging from tennis, um, you know, just running, uh, you know, swim school specific for, for the youth competitive swim team, swim school um, specific for the swim lessons, uh, and water polo as well. Um, back to the water polo, we actually have a, a relationship with Brenda Villa, who is one of the most decorated uh, water polo players in, in the United States, and she's trying to... Um, uh, really develop uh, on the in the Bellhaven pool, which is on uh, uh, the second facility that we run. Just really try to get community involvement and and kids from that area involved in the sport of water polo, which she's very passionate about. And then uh, we run a tennis academy as well um, on some neighboring tennis courts that were underutilized, and we've maximized that by bringing in a uh, a local tennis pro to, to assist with that. We do bike tours, which go all throughout the state. A number of times per year and then the two biggest things we run are uh, the swim school which is really the the bread and butter and the key to to the success of the facility we push well in excess of a thousand um, kids per week through the swim school and then we also have a, a very robust camp program where we offer a variety of different um, camps for kids during summer or any other time that they might be out of school even if it's just like a couple of days we'll just have a one or two day camp or during any any of the winter breaks so those are the programs that we generally um uh you know try to run and that's what helps us be successful all right now um you do <laughs> it just goes on and on i mean i'm i'm, I'm flabbergasted and and to hear 
what you are able to do with a, a similar facility. In fact, it isn't even a similar facility. It's not as nice. Yeah, it's not as nice as ours. And so, um, I mean, nothing personal. I, <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't mean for it to sound, you know, you you know what I'm saying. Here. I'm, I'm tripping all over my tongue here, uh, uh, Chris. But uh, uh, Bill, okay, why can't we do something like this with our? And that's what you're saying. That's your whole point. When I went to to see Tim Sheeper's group there, the thing is. Why I'm so excited about having somebody like Sheeper run the program, you could, the last 10 minutes, I think pretty much tells you what the possibilities of the swim center are. It's unbelievable. Um, I keep going back and maybe Chris, you can talk about the warm water pool. We, the warm water pool, I remember looking, it was probably four years ago. We were doing swim lessons at the swim center and they were, the swim center was bringing in, I believe $70,000 a month from swim lessons during the summer but during january they were bringing in nothing zero dollars from swim lessons and the reason the pool wasn't covered and so they decided not to run them i mean that that is a classic example of of what the potential is for now now um a cover would not be inexpensive but but it would enable a lot of a lot of income to flow in, right? Well, the the cover initially we we looked at different options, and again the problem that came up that prevented them was the access for the uh, the fire department, but also taking it yeah. up and down. Well, I think what we have to do is decide we're going to put a, a cover over it so it can be used to keep it warm during the summer, and then figure out how to do it. it the cost itself. Um, one of the lists we we came up with a list of what the uh, swim center could do, and one of them is is go out and ask for donations. I know two groups that would help pay for that cover, that would that use it today that would pay for that. They don't go out and ask they for it. They haven't asked me for the, um, but they should ask for donations. That make a decision. They're going to it. What this does is it brings in revenue, and make us like Menlo Park. Wow. Um, Chris, tell them about your um, your pool cover and, and how you use it. Sure. Well, we put it up about four to five months out of the year. Typically, it goes up in uh, right around Thanksgiving, depending on, you know, the, the weather that we're experiencing at that point in the year. And then, uh, you know, as soon as it gets to be, you know, we're pretty sure that in the rainy season is getting about ready to end, uh, you know, around sometime in the spring, we end up pulling it down. And uh, to be honest, if, uh, that is one of the most vital parts of what we do. If it wasn't for that, uh, we wouldn't be in business. We just wouldn't be able to operate and, and be you know, somewhat profitable. Um, and that's really the key for you know, any private contractor going in. They have to be able to at least make it profitable or, or it's just not going to work. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that is, it's really vital. To what we do, and uh, you know, principally, it's it's with the swim lessons, and uh, you know, we have a, a situation where people are coming every every week, and uh, they continue throughout the the whole year, and we don't lose very many people after summer. Typically, a pool post summer, um, if there's no dome or no indoor facility, um, you know, the the clientele will just drop off because people don't want to, parents don't want to stand around in the cold and the rain, and the kids aren't too interested in that either. So it's very, very important. Okay, well, um, so Chris, 
you're the wrong I, it's not fair to, to ask you this question but what would you do if you were in our predicament here what would you do well um i'll start by saying that you know it, it's a, it's difficult to to really either make money or not lose money in aquatics um but what we would do is we would start to replicate um you know what we have done uh, at our at the facility that we um, you know run with the city of Palo Alto, city of Menlo Park, I should say, and uh, we would start off by just looking at space and figuring out what type of programming to put in initially, and uh, you know we would really focus heavily on the swim school and the camps, and uh, you know it's what both you and Bill were just speaking about. Uh, the first thing we'd really look at is is how to get a dome up, um, so that you could run uh, swim lessons throughout the course of the year because without that it, it becomes very very difficult to you know to have a program be sustainable from a financial perspective how much would a dome cost some idea yeah it would probably be in the neighborhood of uh you know 150 to 200 thousand dollars so it's it's expensive but when you you know amortize it over the course of a number of years and you look at the type of programming you can you can do you can easily justify that that expense Oh, I think so. I, I'm so. I, I would have thought you would have said more. Actually, the uh, when we talked about a pool cover, it, it was initially going to be paid for by the redevelopment money, and that was taken right at the last moment, and I think shoved into the. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Pool cover and dome are equivalent. Right. What this would be is because what I thought when you meant with a pool cover is a pool cover that's in a a motorized, you know, turning, you know, rolling pin almost that that you you open, you you roll a cover onto the pool and and unroll it to keep the heat in. No, you're not talking about that. You're talking about a dome, an actual dome building. Like it would be like a building except it's inflatable. Correct. Yeah, there's two. Oh options. my gosh! Okay, when you said pool cover, I—that's the kind—that's the kind of pool cover I thought you were talking about. Okay, I'm, I'm happy Chris is here and that he called it a dome because now I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's essentially two types. There's a positive pressure dome, and there's also um, one that's got more of a rigid structure. Am I kind of permanent situation with almost like a PVC tent or fabric structure going over it? Um, and you know when I when I look at cost, it, we're you're looking at essentially the warm water area, uh, probably not doing the entire 50 meter pool. That would be a little more expensive, I think. But um, you really want to focus on covering the warm water where you would um, you know have the lessons being run. And, and would it stay up all year long? Well, uh, you can do it either way. It essentially most of them take two to three days to put up, and about uh-huh. two. Days to take down by any licensed licensed contractor, so there is a cost associated with putting it up and down. But aesthetically, it's a little bit nicer in the summer to not have that structure up. If you actually have a a fabric, you know, a, a fabric structure dome, the you know the air positive pressure air type dome, then you would of course want to take that down um, for the summer, you know, part of the fall and the spring as well. Okay. All right. I, I want to invite callers to 479-1080. That's an area 831. we got two great people here 
to ask questions and bounce ideas off of. And that, uh, what, what better reason to have a talk radio program that's interactive and live and real time and everything. So, um, and, and, and also I would be very interested in people's ideas about how to get the attention of the, uh, of the board of supervisors. Maybe just a, if, if you think what we're talking about today is, is worthwhile, maybe it's something as simple as calling down there and saying, and, and, and talking to your individual supervisor. And, and it's not just for the swimmers, but, uh, if we could save $350,000, uh, in parks and recs, it can be used in other things. Exactly. And, and it might even become a profit center. I mean, that's possible if it's done right. So, uh, yeah, 479-1080. Give us a call if you want to participate or have any ideas or want to bounce suggestions off, uh, uh, or, or, or off of their guests today. We're talking about how to optimize the operation of the Simpkins Family Swim Center. If you haven't visited it, the uh, you, you should definitely do so. The address is Bill. Um, I don't know the oh. address. Shoreline <laughs> Middle School. Sorry. Talk about putting you on the spot. Okay, it's it's on Seventeenth Avenue, and when you're driving toward the ocean on Seventeenth Avenue, uh, if you if you pass Ledyard, you've gone too far. Just past the railroad tracks. Just past the railroad tracks. Okay, and then uh, going toward the ocean, you'll turn right into the uh, Simpkins Swim Center. And um, you say it costs, did you say it costs $6 for a, for a swim? It, it depends. When, when it's on, open, of course. The, this would be an area, too, to look at. I, I think right now for the master swimming that I'm in, it's, uh, I believe it's $7 for a swim. But yet, if you buy 100 pass, I think it comes down to $5. Oh. So if you buy 100 pass. The, the problem I, I feel is that seven dollars is is pretty expensive, uh-huh. and I think what they do with the, and you can correct me on on this, Chris, that what you do is you, you have a monthly where you have unlimited swimming. That's correct. Yeah, we have a monthly program, and and people sign up for what you could. It's not a, really a membership, but it's a monthly kind of subscription based program. What is the monthly rate? Well, it depends on the program, but like, for example, for our master swim team, it's $75 a month, and you can swim. There's 21 coached workouts per week. You can go to all 21 if, you, uh, if you're up for it. Wow. God. Imagine if something like that was available here, Bill. Yeah. I think we'd have a bunch more healthy, healthier people on our hands. I might even be one of them. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, yeah, four seven nine ten eighty is the phone number to call. Looks like we have uh, um, none other than Richard N. Watsonville uh, on. Uh, welcome, Richard, to KSCO um, with Chris and and Bill and MZ and Kay. Thank, yeah, thank you, Michael. Hi, Mrs. Z. Hi. Uh, I, I remember the the, the plunge and uh, at the boardwalk in, in Santa Cruz. You you guys recently opened one up in Richmond, didn't you, Michael? Well, I didn't know. Yeah, one opened in 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 uh, Point Richmond. That is correct. How's it doing? You know, that's a great question. I, I think it's doing okay, but I haven't asked. I haven't does been up the, there very much. I spend more time in San Francisco these days. Well, that's all right. Does the does the gentleman here know about the plunge? Do you know anything about the plunge? Yeah. Okay. Because that's a muni- that that's called the municipal natatorium. 
Well, what we, had, what we had was something like that, only it was hot salt water at the boardwalk where the uh, indoor miniature golf course is now. Yes. And the deep end was... And obviously that was not profitable because it was covered up many years ago. No, it was liable. Oh, it was liable. about okay. liability and insurance and too many drownings. They didn't have enough lifeguards. Right. Now, when I go to Simpkins here, all, all I'm told about is we're closed because of the budget cuts. Because we can't afford to keep this part. I have never seen the entire pool open. It's, there's a walkway like halfway across the, the pool. And that's all I've ever seen open, Michael. And uh, they have this, uh, the, it's like a uh, slide that slides down into a pool. I've never seen that open. But yet, uh, I think it has to do with the county and it has to do with the employees and their retirement and their pensions. And here we're talking about bringing in a private company that's going to have to go under county rules, right? Um, I, mean, gonna, I don't know how that works. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, give you another good example. Watsonville High School's got to be the newest swimming pool open up in the county, and and the only ones that can use use it are the students. It's. Uh, and, and the students are just there for the uh, water polo and for the swim teams. Now, it's not open to the public at all. It could be. The students could be used as lifeguards so that when they, uh, when they graduate, you would think they'd get not just their diploma, but maybe a, a lifeguard saving certificate and maybe a certified pool operator certificate and maybe a, and maybe a CPR certificate. I don't know, but uh, you look at the the cost and the retirements that's involved in all these pensions and everything with these county employees. It has nothing to do with the city or the boardwalk or anybody else. It's county employees, and uh, when they when I go in there and they they're telling me that it that it's budget cuts, you know who else is doing it, Michael? Ooh. Cabrillo College. Now they're telling me I can't go over there. It's not open to the public anymore because of budget cuts. Now, the, you know, they got to bring these guys like... I think Mr. Simpkins got into this thing with a good idea. The county took it over, and now they want him to fund the whole thing. That's the feeling I get. But then you got these guys like Mr. Uh, what's his name? Jim Booth, and he has to go around and get Harvey West open for us again? I, I don't know. R Richard, yeah, the, the whole thing is just, it's incredulous. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you for your call All right. to the uh, Saturday special. That's our good Michael, let's, let's talk about the uh, salaries for the uh, lifeguards. Okay. At, at one thing I know, the difference between uh, the swim center here and over there is that the lifeguards here can only be lifeguards for 999 hours. And the reason for that is if they go over that, they have to pay benefits. So what you have is a, a group at the beginning of the summer and a group at the end of the summer and training a new group because of this. Uh, but, but tell them about yours, Chris. Um, yeah, so we have uh, lifeguards, a core group of lifeguards who work year-round. Um, we're generally, you know, paying in the 13 to $15 an hour range. And you know, some of the more senior lifeguards are making more than that. We were able to offer benefits um, limited. You know, they're not going to be as good as uh, uh, any local government could offer. But we do provide health care for employees that are working, um, you know, over a, a set number of hours um, per, per month, um, per week, I should say. 
And um, yeah, that's how we operate. And in, in this in the peak season, we we end up having a lot more staff obviously come on board just so we can sustain our operations. But but the lifeguards for your area can work 2,000 hours a year. Yeah, the limitation there has to do with PERS, certain rules with PERS. Uh, you're right, Bill, and, and uh, you know, employees ended, in, ending up being considered, you know, no longer a temporary or an hourly employee, and then it, it becomes uh, a problem for the, either the, the city or the county. So we don't have the limitation as a, as a private operator at all, and they do work um, much more than that. What about your uh, instructors? How, how are they paid? Um, same thing. So the instructors actually are paid a, a, just slightly more typically than the lifeguards. And uh, a lot of them, it's their, um, you know, we have a lot of people who are transitioning. They're in college. Uh, a number of people who have, you know, are post-college with degrees and have come back and, and are doing this full-time for a variety of reasons. Um, but they're paid, you know, reasonably well, and uh, they end up staying. We have some pretty long-term employees who do this as swim instructors, and then they're also able to, um, you know, increase their uh, the amount of money that they earn um, if they rise to the level of being in demand for these private lessons, which is, uh, you know, um, very can be lucrative for them as well. So I, it, it seems that if it was contracted out, that it's potentially the lifeguards and the instructors here in this area would benefit. Well, I guess uh, it, it, it depends. I'm not exactly sure what they're making now, um, but there certainly would not be the limitation um, with the amount of hours they could work annually if they were working for a private contractor. Correct. All right. Um, we have another caller here, Sunny in Live Oak, with a question. Let's bring Sonny on. Welcome to KSCO on the Saturday special. Thanks for calling 479-1080. Sonny, you're on. Yes, hi. I was uh, I ran over to my yellow pages because I'm not near a computer to find out what your address is to be able to give it to you so you can put it on the air. And it's not listed in the yellow page books that I got last week, current one. Simpkin Swin Center is not listed. And right. I moved here five years ago. I guess I'm making statements. Um, I moved here five years ago into Live Oak area from the Capitola Soquel area. And I immediately started looking, where's the parks and rec courses? Where can I go out and do some things and meet some people in my environment, my neighborhood? And I found out that uh, through a lot of phone calls that the only thing that's here recreationally is the swim center. And that um, we're county. We aren't incorporated. So... I don't get discounts going to Santa Cruz or Capital of Soquel. They don't have anything. Why doesn't Simpkins Swim Center, if they want to make money, have some more classes there other than swimming and uh, that aquatic part? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah. That's oh. my question. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't get a name when I got an answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's what Bill that's what Bill Bill is here for. You know, these are Hi, obvious questions, and, and uh, the, the county doesn't seem to want to uh, talk about it at all. Okay, I just got like the last four or five minutes of your conversation, so I probably missed what you already answered this. So good luck on finding out, because I know Live Oak people would love to have some, uh, you know, places to go to and do some classes to take. Great. Well, thank and you for like calling. And we'd like to support the community, too. Thanks for calling, uh, Sunny and Live Oak. Dr. David Biles, I'm so happy you called back. I know you called before, and I couldn't wait to answer your call, and then you were gone. <laughs> well, thank you for picking it up, Michael. Um, y you know, this is sort of near and dear to me. I, I put myself through college teaching swimming. I, I started at Pioneer High School 
I work for the Parks and Rec Department in San Jose, then the Eastside Union High School District. Then I taught at UC Davis, and then I managed to pull for the Air Force. And I'll tell you, um, the community's really missing out here. Um, I've never actually had a swim in the, in the center. I have walked through it, and I was amazed at how nice it was, and it's just amazing. I learned how to swim in a 100-meter Olympic pool in uh, Texas. And, you know, if you have the right vision here, this community could do so much with the facility, just like the Santa Clara Swim Center did. You know, it, if it takes private enterprise here, maybe that's what it takes. I mean, you, so many kids in college could be working, you know, in this facility. You don't, they're not worried about retirement. They just want to make a living. And these are, these are wages that are certainly high enough here in the community that, that, you know, you could have that swim center going 24-7, believe me, if you, you had the creativity here. It's a shame to see that go, but I've seen the same thing happen, too. Anytime government is having issues, they cut down on um, recreation, libraries, and what have you. So uh, I'm glad you're having this show, Michael, and I would like to see the community get behind this. We need more programs like this. It takes kids off the street. It teaches other skills. There's there's so much that spins off of this. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, thank you for calling uh, uh, Dr. Welcome. Biles here. Appreciate that. It was Dr. Biles. Are you going to be on uh, next hour, or, or is that yeah, uh, not, not yes, your week? I'm on, no, I'm on my way in. Okay, great. Well, we'll see you here I'll in a little too. bit. Dr. David Biles of the Perspectives program Thanks right here. Right here on your favorite radio station, AM 1080, KSCO. Now, listen, Bill, uh, we got a bunch of other people finally. Yeah, we got, uh, hold, stay, stay. We're, we're, I'm only going to talk for, for, for less than a minute here, and then we're going to go back to the phone calls. Bill, uh, earlier in the program, you talked about somebody who um, said that there was no point in making a proposal to somebody who said it's not going to happen or they're not interested. Maybe it would be good for that person or somebody else who's listening to the program to, it, it might be worth worth some time, invest. I don't know how, how much time it would take or how much energy, but for someone to sit down and make a proposal, even though the county hasn't officially, formally put out a request for a proposal. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems to me that it's such a, it, it's it's something that so many people want that if someone came up with a proposal and just presented it, you know, at oral communications, for gosh sakes, you know, or came on the radio here and made it part of a cause celeb that we could start. To come it might up be worthwhile. The, yeah, Chris could probably tell you this. To come up with a proposal, I received a copy of the request for quote for the Fremont pool. Yeah, is twenty five pages long. Uh -huh. I mean, it's a lot of work, and I, and I, I couldn't go and ask somebody to do a serious request for quote with them knowing that it's not going to be accepted. Uh -huh. I and I think it's. Um, a really bad way to run an organization. The, the, the county should embrace this. They should say, let's, let's, let's take a look at it. All There's right. nothing wrong with sending it out and taking a look. I'm not saying make a change, but let's have them take a look right. at it and see what's going to happen is if they did send this out and said we're serious about this and we're going to have the county bid 
And let's look at it. The, the difference is going to be so obvious after this is done. But sure. I, I can't go out and ask somebody to make a, a request for a quote when I've got okay. our, our supervisor here saying we're not going to do that. All right. Well, we have to change the, the mind of the supervisor or better yet, change the supervisor. <laughs> so anyhow, um, let's see who's who's next. Uh, who's been waiting the longest here? I think that would be Mike in San Jose, California. Welcome to the Saturday special. Hey. Mike. Hey there, Ramsey. I was uh, down in San Diego. I don't know if it's the county or the city, but they've got all kinds of pools running all the time. The pools have 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 lap pools. They have fun pools. They have every kind of pool. And I can remember that the the rates as just a one day visitor are not that high. Uh, there's got to be a, there has to be a way to do it. I just think that when you have this, the, you know, the kind of power of having the only pool in town, this is what this supervisor guy is doing. You know, he, 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 it's a petty power trip for this guy. And, uh, you know, I don't know. That, that, that's how I see it. Uh, over here uh, on the South Bay, we've got Campbell. I, mean, I quit going there. It's run by the Campbell Community Center, but it's become very expensive and it's closed all the time. And the people who work there have an attitude and, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's like it's a monopoly or something in the Northern California area to have a pool. It's like a big deal, right? I mean, it seems as Southern California or San Diego. There was a pool everywhere. Now, once upon a time, I think Richard alluded to this, once upon a time, the, the community colleges and the high schools had pools open at least in the summertime or they were open for particular things. They don't do that anymore either. So these pools are just sitting there dormant when they could be generating revenue. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you could incorporate the YMCA. They're, they're pretty good with, with athletic programs and and, and, and swimming lessons and things like that. I don't know if that's a private company that that has a track record that could be used. It sounds like these Menlo Park people are doing it right. That's that's for sure. But right. I don't. These are just, these are just my ideas. I I just I just think that uh, the other thing with a pool is that it's just liabilities, insurance, all that kind of stuff. That that probably is a huge huge cost. And just to run the pool, the chemicals and the the energy and the utilities and everything, uh, this is this is this is another thing. It takes a lot of patience to 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 op to, to op own and operate a swimming pool. Just ask somebody who has one in their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, oh yes, you know, I'm about so. to cover mine at KSCO North. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, right. yeah, I, I need to do that actually. So, um, right. So I don't know. I mean, like I say, these they just need to get together. But this this guy, this county supervisor, you know, he's 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 playing the big role. He, you know, he this this is this is his this is he's like Obama right now, right? He's playing the big role. He's stonewalling everybody. He's being real cool. He's showing what kind of petty power he has. He's closing the parks just like Obama did, right? Uh -huh. You know, he he's closing things more than Obama does. 49 days a year, 50 days a year. Come on. Who is this guy? I understand it for holidays. Okay, that's fine. I can, I can understand some holidays. I know that they say the 4th of July would be good or whatever. But uh, I understand closing particular holidays, maybe the week of Christmas. There could be specific times of the year where you may have to close it for maintenance. It's understandable. 50 days a year. This guy's, be, this guy's being a big shot with the live oak pool. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. But uh, so, um, yeah, Mike, you say you 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 sound like you might be a swimmer because you uh, know all these things. I mean, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I go. I mean, a lot of times. I mean, I've swam all over the world. 
you know, every time I travel, if I'm, it's in the summertime, I'll go to a pool, whether it's in France or it's in Spain or, or I was in Switzerland once. I went swimming uh, in, in a lap pool there. Uh, I, I swam, uh, yeah, I swam in a couple different European countries. They always had pools that were open, indoor, outdoor, whatever. I swam in them all. So I, I swim over here. I, I swim in a YMCA here, and we're the YMCA that I go to. They're going through some growing pains. They want to make a bigger pool, and same kind of thing, you know, the cost of everything and how they're how they're going to renovate it and whatnot. But I'll tell you, man, that YMCA that I go to, at least that pool is being used as much as possible for swim lessons and rehabilitation. I think for people with injuries or whatever, it's not a it's not a druggy pool or whatever. Uh, you know, or you know, it's not a rehab druggy pool. It's you know for people who are injured, but uh, whatever. I don't know. These are the things that you have to do to to make the pool work. The swim lessons is one of them. Now these guys, these guys from Menlo Park, they're talking about masters swimming. This is another one. Uh, lifeguard training. I mean, there's it's it's it is a it is a huge resource if you know how to manage it correctly. And this county supervisor, he doesn't know anything. You know, they, they need to learn from Menlo Park or who's ever. Uh, wants to take a look at how San Diego does it. San Diego's pools are—it's like uh, it's like Disneyland in some of these pools, you know. Uh, another pool I went to that was incredible was in Henderson, Nevada. Huge, huge pool uh, with tons of resources. Typically, and, what are these? What does it cost to swim at these pools? Oh, it, it's no six or seven dollars—that's for sure. No way, you know. And then they well, what got, is it? Oh, I don't know. It's at least it's, it's at least five or under. Uh -huh. We're talking about just for a one day drop in. Uh -huh. They have they have uh, passes. It was the same thing in Europe too. You could buy like a ten pass or whatever that was cheaper, but but it wasn't like it was going to break. When you start to get in the seven or eight dollar range, I mean, before you know yeah. it, it's going to be at, at the plunge in in, uh, in Point Richmond. I, I believe it's five dollars for just a drop in, you know, and you can buy yeah, your pass for a lot less than that. So but once you get into the six or seven dollar range, which is what Campbell was doing, before you know it, it's going to be ten, and then it's going to be twelve, and then it's going to be you know, then it's going to be what twenty four dollars someday. I mean, come on, right. these people they're 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 they're, they're the, all of a sudden, and who's making this money? Come to find out kind of the the head lifeguards and the people the people who have who have the petty power and the monopoly on this pool they're the ones making the money because then they're able to get more money per hour or some sort of Cadillac benefit program I agree with the last caller who talked about having uh, or I think it was even Richard too about having people who are teenagers people who who just need a summer job kind of thing people who just need a part-time job they don't they don't need to to make the benefits but who's going to happen with this whole new Obamacare thing of how what what the mandates are going to be, right? I mean, they're already talking about you can only work 999 hours or whatever, and anything after that they have to give you health insurance. You can see yeah. the the reasons why they don't why they don't want to hire people or 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 whatnot. But Mike, thanks for your yeah, call to the yeah, Saturday no special. Worries. Always Thank a good them, one. Appreciate it. Here's uh, Ann and Aptos about pool. Ann. Oh, and yeah. Hi, I I just I didn't hear you. I just agree with the last guy. This is ridiculous. I I in the winter time in the Simkins when when our uh, community pool here and our retirement communities closed, but it's ridiculous to have to pay five and six seven dollars. I've got a pass that I use, but it's it's so far away. I don't get there that often. But I have friends that swim at Simkins every day, if not at the university for the master's program and. 
And we ought to have, it ought to be open. I mean, it's closed Mondays and, I don't know, it's got all these days and it changes every month and you have to look what days they're doing that and it's it's not like you can just go every day and, and know that they're going to be open. And they should have said the high schoolers can work after high school or Cabrillo kids can be lifeguards. It's ridiculous. When I found out Leopold, I've seen him before and when he's, he shouldn't be in charge of this. It's for the whole Santa Cruz County, so... I would love to see us doing something like Menlo Park is doing. We we need a pool that's open to everybody, and you know the the one out uh, up by Costco closed years ago, and there's just no place for people to swim. My kids, even when we had an indoor pool, used to swim sometimes at Aptos High, but it sounds like they don't do any of those summer programs anymore. So, so what's the deal with Harvey West? Uh, that, that's what you were, you were, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, Harvey West. I don't. I heard it open for a little bit, and I thought it was going to be. Do open. you know Bill? Well, it was closed for a couple, three years, and now Jim Booth, who is a contractor, opens it up during the summer. Oh, just the summer. So it's, and I'm not sure the hours. Right for swimming lessons. He's, he has a swimming right. lessons built. I think there's some lap swimming too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Ann and Aptos. Yeah, this idea of a dome, I'm all for. If if that would cover. Absolutely. They could swim. Give lessons. There's all kinds of kids with, you know, parents with preschool kids that'll that'll pay for winter lessons for their kids. It's a really important thing. I mean, I grew up in Miami, Florida, so I could swim almost before I could walk. But I, I've been swimming in pools around the world. In, in Mexico, I know, and with a Cabrillo class in Oaxaca for the month, a couple of us, oh, we spent, I don't know, two or three bus rides to get to a pool because we were inland and... We needed to get in the water more than a shower, <laughs> and it was so nice. So they have these big pools, and, and what's wrong with Santa Cruz? Here we are on the coast, and good weather all year long, and, you know, it would be used. Jim Booth is great. You know, kids kids learn there. He used to be out at Green Valley, uh, the pool there when I belonged there, and so he gave, you know, lessons all year long in the warm pool, and I actually have been swimming in the warm pool at... Um, at Simkins, just because I just have trouble with the cold, so I'll just do my laps there. And there's little kids there learning to swim and parents with them. And there's some adaptic people, you know, doing special exercises and kids. But, you know, it's used when it's open, but it's open so little. It's just, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's we what I've got to fix. Hey, thanks for calling uh, the you. Saturday special Ann and Aptos. Here's Jim Booth himself, Speak of the Devil. Hi, Jim. You're on the air. Thank you, MZ. Bill, I'm finally calling in. Uh, we, you and I talked about a week ago. Um, but I will add the Harvey West schedule real quick, and I'll start by saying what Bill is saying makes perfect sense. Um, Harvey West was losing, I think, 370000 a year. Now the city's making positive cash flow on it. That's a difference of almost half a million bucks. That's a lot of money. Um, Bill's point is make business-like decisions. Minimize costs. Uh, maximize income, uh, provide things that are popular. That's democracy. And Simpkins can be operated. That's I think the government should be hey. privatized. That, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? Seriously. <laughs> when you contract with the Privatized government. government. <laughs> That's my new bumper sticker. There, there you go. There yeah. You go. Right, but I do, I want to thank your last caller for saying such nice things. And Bill, um, when they, when, when, I'm still fighting uphill against this, the publicity that Harvey West is closed. 
we're open and we have been open. We're open nine months a year, and that's the, the teaching pool, the family pool. The lab pool is open in the summer, and I hope to have it open twice as much next year. Uh, so we're open most of the year, nine months. And when they did close it, it only closed actually for about 20 minutes because they accepted my proposal that same night. And we opened that following March uh, to operate that, that same year. So we, it has always continued to provide swim lessons and parties, birthday parties and recreation swim. Uh, but we'd like to increase. We've taught a lot of kids in this last five years. We need more room for our swim team, for our uh, adult uh, exercise programs and all those same things you're talking about, Bill. You maximize it, and we will. We are working to cover our teaching pool at Harvey West this year, so that's something we'll do that makes perfect sense. Well, we salute you, Jim Booth, because um, you have um, for stepping up to the plate here and doing what you did with Harvey West. Now, yeah, let's, well, this uh, is yeah. Let's this see. is to say Bill's on the right track here, yeah. and and Bill, I will say, well, or to MZ is that. You can't really turn in a proposal without a request for proposals because, okay. according to the law, it wouldn't be valid. Right. And Bill's right. I, I've turned him into the uh, – I ran the pool up at San Lorenzo Valley. That was a 25-page uh, proposal. I've turned it in for the city of Santa Cruz. And it does take a lot of work. But you do need to get that request for proposal at least to be out there so that it's a level playing field for other um, proposers. Uh, on that, and uh, Tim Sheeper, I know, would turn in uh, a proposal, and he's proved himself. Right. Okay. So the message that we all want to put to the board of supervisors is: request a request for a proposal. Yes. yes. That's, That's it. That. And that needs to be done immediately because if they're going to open for spring, that that hiring, all those things need to take place now. This is something I've dealt with with the different government bodies. Is you know, we're planning a year. I, I'm planning two years ahead right now. I'm looking at my scheduling for 2015. You know, that's what you have to do to be successful and grow. Uh -huh. So, yeah, that request needs to go out soon and be uh, looked at and, and have it move forward. Okay. Jim Boo, thank you for calling the KSCO Saturday well, special. Thank you. And continued success Harvey, to you. Harvey West is open. And, Bill, keep it up. You're doing great. Okay. Thank you. Here's Colonel Terry. Hi, Colonel Terry. You're on the. Hi, I I actually drove over to be able to call in from the next room. Uh, I know. I saw I, your face. No, I thought that when I left Washington D.C. as a homeowner on Capitol Hill, I had left incompetent, stupid, and corrupt government, local government. Uh -huh. um, and and I am so disappointed in Santa Cruz County. And I've dealt with all floors of the county building, and learned obviously what's going on and not going on and i'm appalled that th this county can spend three hundred plus thousand dollars for a county executive and fail to have adequate funding for the simpkins pool and also the redundant overpaid staff levels in the county government and elsewhere where i won't go into the details of the waste i have seen uh we this should be part of a large initiative that maybe this station should push clean up and make efficient Santa Cruz County government. What do you think? Uh, privatize the government, I'll say it again. Well, that's part of it. <laughs> but, but, I, I, but also get rid of the overhead, redundant waste, and yes, and the inability who, for... Who makes 300000 Is that the uh, county... Uh, county administrator, that's, Mariella. 
Susan, and she she's been there forever, huh? Yes. And she doesn't I, get elected. She just but, somehow yeah, stays but, there. But but then she's, she's a fixture. Got, she's got three levels of staff below her that make more than any federal bureaucrat. Does she decide her own pay, or does the supervisor? I, I think do? it's a, bo- a group of buddies. But I like the supervisors. I mean, I would call for an immediate assessment. But elsewhere, the, I, I could cut 25% out of this county government without hurting performance in a heartbeat of total waste and redundancy. Well, that's not and saying a, much because there's not much performance. And apply and apply it to things like the, the, the Simpkins and other pool. That, that we're not having that as a community performed, made, uh, provided, coordinated, cost-effectively delivered service for the community is, is very disappointing. And uh, the needle exchange is another area of incompetence and waste by the county government. They haven't addressed the sharp needles they're giving out to uh, to drug users uh, when they could give them uh, retractable needles that are far safer when they're dropped at the beach and little children find them. Uh I can think of dozens of things that this county government ought to be ashamed of the poor performance of, of the supervisors and those who work under them. Wow. Okay. Hey, thanks for calling, even from the next room. (laughs) There goes Colonel Terry. All righty. So, Bill Simpkins, um, what have we accomplished on this almost two-hour long (laughs) program? I think uh, my hope here is that the people listening to the show would call their supervisors and ask them to have the county put a request for quote for managing the swim center. Right. That's what we're looking for. Okay. Looking for that, and we need it from all supervisors, okay. not Mr. Leopold. Now, we've, we've got a wonderful facility there, and it's just not being utilized. If people don't happen to be listening to this program. Now, by the way, you can listen. You'll be able to listen to it on demand, as you can many of KSEO's programs uh, via the uh, our, our, in our podcast section of KSEO.com. Uh, Dave Michaels, among the many th- wonderful things he does around here, is in charge of posting podcasts of most of our programs, including but not limited to the Saturday special. Which means if you miss the Saturday special today, live, and if you miss it tonight, recorded, 12 hours late, uh, we, we run the program. We always run the Saturday special that we do from 10 a.m. to noon on Saturdays live at 10 p.m. to midnight. The same Saturday. So this program, a recording of this program, will be run tonight here on KSCO between the hours of 10 p.m. and midnight. But even before then, probably 1 or 2 o'clock, yeah, uh, people will be able to go to KSCO.com and uh, click on the uh, Saturday special podcast uh, and be able to download a copy of this uh, of this program here. So if you got a website that you want to you know, put this on, or anybody does, that's real easy to get a copy of it, and you can send, uh, uh, you can email links, you can email, uh, you know, it's real simple, you just click email the copy of this program to anybody whom you think would be interested in, in hearing about the program. So technology is absolutely wonderful, and we here at your favorite radio station do all we can to take advantage of the uh, infinite possibilities. Gee, um, yeah, so happy you came in to do this program. And thanks, Chris, for for and, calling in. And yeah, and Chris is there too. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. And uh, I, ho- hopefully, we'll be able to take uh, take a few pages, at least a few pages, out of your book here, 
and maybe uh, this time next year um, we will have a whole new situation at the uh, Simpkins um, uh, Family Swim Center here in Live Oak in the city of Santa Cruz. That's it for the uh, Saturday special today. I understand we have a special Saturday special uh, planned for the 19th, a week from today, when we will be having uh, the Don Husing Memorial Program. That's about it, and uh, we will see you next week. So stay uh, tuned to KSCO. <laughs> That's all, folks. KSCO Santa Cruz, Salinas, Monterey. CBS News, I'm Gary Nunn. Debt talks in the U.S. House have stalled. The House has adjourned for the day. Congressional focus now on the U.S. Senate, rebuffed in an effort to extend the debt ceiling through next year. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said that his talks with GOP Leader Mitch McConnell should be seen as a positive thing. But he is sticking to his bottom line. Open the government. Let us pay our bills. And we need to do that before... We have any agreement on what goes after that. Reid also told reporters earlier today. I hope that our talking is some solace to the American people and to the world. This hasn't happened until now. Democrat Chuck Schumer said earlier today it'll be up to the Senate to find a solution. Among the problems created by the partial government shutdown, staffing of various airport quarantine stations for sick passengers. Reporter Sabrina Gibbons is in Atlanta. At the airport here in Atlanta, the busiest in the world, there is only one person working the quarantine station. The CDC's Tom Skinner says... If we are, are faced with the predicament of having to respond to multiple incidents at one time, um, we could be uh, in a predicament. There are 20 stations at airports around the country where sick passengers would go. Workers at those stations are responsible for treating ill travelers and tracking down other people who may have been exposed should a passenger have something that's contagious. Skinner says during the shutdown, public safety could be compromised. Sabrina Gibbons for CBS News Atlanta. India's eastern coastline broadsided now by Cyclone Phelan. <laughs> Punishing winds, drenching rains, massive storm surge, hundreds of thousands of sought shelter inland. Reporter Joe Danilwitz in New Delhi. Even 24 hours after it hits, it's, there's still going to be severe rain. Early reports seem to indicate that this was not as severe as could have been, uh, and it's certainly not as severe as previous uh, cyclone hits in the area. At least five people are reported dead. The Greek island of Crete has been rocked by a magnitude 6.3 earthquake west of the city of Chania, center of the Tembler, about nine miles below the seabed. A vigil in Sioux Falls, South Dakota last night where a two-year-old boy has died of injuries suffered in what authorities say was a child abuse case. The child was the son of Minnesota Vikings running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson, who says he will play tomorrow's game with the Panthers, has expressed gratitude for those helping him cope with the loss. CBS's Terrell Brown. In a Facebook post, the reigning NFL MVP wrote, Thank you to my family, my fans, and fans of other teams for their support. The NFL is a fraternity of brothers, and I'm thankful for the tweets, phone calls, and text messages from my fellow players. God bless everyone, and thank you so much. 27-year-old Joseph Patterson, boyfriend of the child's mother, has been charged with battery in the child's death. At least a dozen people have been killed in a car bomb attack today in central Iraq. 30 injured. This is CBS News. 
Hey, this is Guy Fieri. Now, when your recipe calls for red peppers, chili powder, garlic, and onions, you got the start of some awesome chili and maybe some heartburn. If that's the case, roll out the Rolaids liquid. Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. New Rolaids liquid gets you back in the action fast. Even when your worst heartburn symptoms flare up, Rolaids liquid dual active formula coats and soothes for rapid relief. New Rolaids liquid in your choice of mint or cherry. Use as directed. R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Now that's how you spell relief. Wherever you are right now, right this moment, you've never been closer to saving a child. Every minute, malaria claims another life. But donating just $1 provides a life-saving test and treatment for one child in Africa. $1 given, one child saved. We have the tools to ensure no child dies from a mosquito bite. $1 at a time, one child at a time. That's the power of one. Save a life now by donating a dollar at PO1.org. It was supposed to be hurry up and wait, but it was not to be. The story from reporter Pete Demetrio in Los Angeles. Father and expected mother were on their way to St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica when the baby decided she wasn't going to delay her arrival one more minute. L.A. City firefighter paramedic Tisa Murphy at Station 59 got the call and said they had to move cones and other obstacles to get to the scene. The 405 freeway at the Santa Monica Boulevard off-ramp where they were presented with the fact of life or obstetrics. Can't tell babies anything. They come and that's it. So she was already in the back seat with mom. Um, Dad had wrapped her up in his shirt when we got there. Baby, mom, and dad are doing just fine. Boy, will they have a story to tell their daughter when she's older. Pete Demetrio, CBS News, Los Angeles. Deadline Monday, two unions representing San Francisco Bay Area transit workers will be trying this weekend to forge a new labor agreement. Workers are threatening a strike for the second time in less than three weeks, forcing hundreds of thousands of commuters perhaps to find other ways to get to and from their jobs. Gary Nunn, CBS News. Good afternoon, everyone. You have it tuned in to AM 1080 KSEO Santa Cruz and AM 1340 KOMY Watsonville. It's Saturday, October 12th, 2013. I'm Dave Michaels with your traffic and weather. We'll start off with traffic starting off in, uh, well, let's start off on Highway 1 here in Santa Cruz. Highway 1 looking good. I don't see any major slowdowns there between Santa Cruz and Monterey, as a matter of fact. No slowdowns along uh, that roadway. Highway 17 looking good, northbound and southbound. 85 looking good from this side to that side. 101, a little slow moving southbound through Morgan Hill. About 20 to 30 miles per hour as you pass Cochrane Road. Your weather forecast for this afternoon is for sunny but cool conditions. Highs will be under 70 degrees, more like 68, 69 degrees, somewhere in that neighborhood. Tonight should be mostly clear. Lows will be around 43 degrees. Your boaters forecast for this morning. South winds 5 knots, becoming west 5 knots in the afternoon. Wind waves 1 to 3 feet and mixed swells. Northwest 2 to 4 feet at 9 seconds and south 3 feet at 17 seconds along with patchy fog throughout the morning. It's currently 56 degrees outside KSEO.